You're listening to English with Monty, the podcast about the English language. Today we're talking about 10 more ways to improve your vocabulary. Hello there and welcome to English with Monty. We are on to episode number 32 with Gideon back with us. I need to find some new guests. <laughs> That's nice of you. Welcome back. <laughs> Make me feel so welcome. I know. Well, I'm just a bit concerned that my listeners might get a bit bored of your voice. Why It's a lovely voice. Of my voice. Why would they get bored of my voice, John? I've got a lovely and interesting voice. This is true. They would never get bored of your voice. I mean, in fact, the only reason why my podcast is popular is because of you. That's not true. It's very kind of you to say. Trying to flatter you. So today, what I thought is because I actually released an episode, if you remember, about 10 ways to improve your vocabulary. And it's been very popular. People have oh, really yeah. enjoyed it. They've downloaded it quite a lot. So I thought, why don't I do 10 more ways of improving your vocabulary? Yeah, good idea. I thought so. Shall we have a look? I mean, hopefully we're not going to duplicate anything. I've reviewed what we did last time and then thought of 10 new ones. And maybe you can add some others as well. Instead of being 10, it could be 12 or something exciting like that. Yeah. I suppose to some extent this is related maybe a little bit to writing as well. Yes. I suppose the focus is a little bit more on writing, but obviously you can apply it to speaking too. Definitely. Well, the first one that I was going to look at is actually thinking about what we've just done with your podcast episode, which is talking about the roots of the words. Yes. Why is learning the roots or understanding the roots good? It's a very, that's a very complicated question, but I was saying in my podcast, I guess banana, which you should definitely check out by the way, <laughs> John's on it too. Good, quick, early plug-in. Yeah. There are a lot of learners of English, especially those who come from Romance language background, French, Spanish, Italian, let's not forget Romanian, Portuguese. They tend to use the words they are familiar with. Okay, so for example, I prefer to go to the cinema and the theatre. That's, I think, the example I gave on my podcast. But a native speaker might use, I'd rather. So you should be aware or you should actively seek words that are not romance words. Okay, so words of Anglo-Saxon origin, of course. About a third of the language is Anglo-Saxon origin. Words of Norse origin from the Vikings came over, words of Dutch origin. Some of them are very, very common words, so do learn them. You know, I could say I hanker for some coleslaw and some pickle. <laughs> yes, that's right, because we looked at the word hanker, didn't we? Because a lot of speakers will automatically say the word desire, which is fine, but we also have the word hanker. So you could add that to your armory. Oh, yes, and cooks and coleslaw, there are other Dutch words, all these words of Dutch origin which make up about 1% of the English lexicon, shall we say. I think that gives you more variety, doesn't it? Especially if you say you are sticking to the words that are related to your language, which I think is natural, isn't it? I think it's completely natural to use prefer if that is similar to your language, but it's trying to make a bit of a difference. Hanker, I suppose, is probably used a bit more on a higher level, is it? Or more to do with activities 
rather than food or something like that. Is that fair to say? Maybe. Yeah, there is a nuance. Maybe we don't need to go into all the nuance of the words. But I mean, the point is also that if you use lots of Latin based words in your speaking or writing, it can sound a little bit formal. And that's because words of French origin, for example, so many French words in English are often not all the time common French words I like move and push. But many French words have a higher degree of formality than the English words. So, for example, start, begin, they're English words. Let's start the lesson. But commence, that's a French word and sounds a bit formal. Look at your writing and see, yeah, sometimes, well, maybe I should use this Anglo-Saxon word rather than a French word because it's got a bit more power to it. Lots of people do that, by the way. Winston Churchill was famous for that. Like using Anglo-Saxon words. Oh, okay. Even in his famous speech, I think I'm going off on a tangent here a little bit, John, <laughs> about Winston Churchill's speech. We'll fight them on the beaches. We'll fight them on the thing. In that whole speech, I think he only used two or three French words or words of Latin origin. Even he used landing grounds. When you think, well, why didn't he use airport? He says landing grounds, which we don't say, but that's what he says in the speech. You can check out that speech on the internet if you want to read the whole thing out to you now. Okay, it is curious though. So potentially it was something to do with creating a bit more of a connection, was it, with the people? Is that why? Yes, the peasants spoke English, didn't they? The people spoke English. So I guess the words are more everyday words. Hmm. The Anglo-Saxon words are everyday words, understood by everyone. And the French words were more recherché and they still sometimes have that more lofty meaning today. They do, but I think that is an interesting one, particularly for French speakers, isn't it, to appreciate that a lot of French words that are used in English are from a higher level, aren't they, almost? I guess our aristocrats would use the French words, wouldn't they? And that's probably true as well in somewhere like Russia, I would guess, because of their links to the French aristocracy as well, or the fact that they spoke French. Yeah, yeah. I think that's worth thinking about. Mm-hmm. Also... I mean, it kind of links up to it, I suppose. They're talking about this idea of identifying empty words. And an empty word would be something that doesn't really offer any substance. I guess you can kind of relate it to this, isn't it? So when you're looking at your writing, think about words that are not really saying anything. That's a good For example. The only example that I can give is when you're speaking, because you kind of say um or are, ah, things like that. Definitely. You should try and cut down on that um and ah. If you're going to make a list for speaking, of course, you're right, um and ah so much. But for speaking, if there's one thing you can do to improve your speaking, not just in English, in your own language, it's cut down on the ums and ahs. And everyone's guilty, including myself. Everyone does it from time to time. But, you know, we're not monkeys. Not ooh, ah. Just get the words out. If you want to take a pause, then just breathe in. Replace the ah with an intake of breath. Yes, That's my indeed. advice to you. That's good advice. I must say, John, it's actually helped me doing these podcasts because I went through the first podcast and both of us had lots of ums and ahs, which I had to take out, I had to edit out. Most of them, not all of them, it was too many. That was a lot of work. But now we do a podcast together and there are very few ums and ahs. We've got better, John. We, we have got, got better. better. 
I think that's the thing though, isn't it? Because you're like, okay, I don't want to give myself any work. So you do it on purpose, I think, to some extent. But I think it's also training, isn't it? You see it on TV with TV presenters. Presumably they don't um and ah that much because they train themselves to not do that. Exactly. They train not to do it. It just becomes a habit, doesn't it, I suppose? Other words that we use too much, but it's not that bad, you know, well, I just did it unintentionally. You know, you put in words like that. These are filler words, you know, isn't it? Sometimes we just put them in to fill gaps. We do, yeah. And I suppose with writing, we're much less likely, aren't we, to put those things in. But perhaps there are certain words like, I mean, conjunctions. Maybe you always use however, and then you could use although instead. So think about different alternatives to conjunctions which I think is quite a good thing to That's an interesting thing. That's an interesting point you bring up, John, because with writing, yeah, certain different rules apply. Not to repeat the same words. In spoken English, you can get away with it. You can get away with get. I got up and I got to breakfast and then I got a phone call, then I got a letter and I got to do this. You can get away with it because that's how we speak naturally. However, in writing, you have to rethink You have to not repeat the word so often. You have to add variety, make it more interesting to the reader. To some extent in spoken English too, but much, much more in written English. Definitely in written English. I mean, it's very important, isn't it? Because you could also ask for some feedback. I think worth asking for some feedback. And even if your friend is a non-native speaker like yourself, it's probably worth getting some feedback from them because then they were more likely to pick up repetition that you make or words that you keep on using that perhaps they look at things slightly differently i mean maybe a dutch person and a french person would have a slightly different viewpoint on how english is put together yeah because obviously they're relating it to their own language aren't they so i think that's worth doing so get a dutch friend that's my advice always use new words i don't think i mentioned this in our last one but a thesaurus is always very useful isn't it It seems a very simple thing to think about, but a thesaurus does really help, doesn't it? Yes, native speakers too, I should say. Yes, this is very true. When I'm writing, I use thesaurus, dictionary of synonyms, if you're not familiar with the term thesaurus. That's a synonym of thesaurus, by the way. It was kind of a joke, not a very good joke. I laughed (laughs) inwardly. Inwardly. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So a thesaurus is nice and There are some good online ones which you can use that make it very simple. And I often find it when I'm kind of translating things from another language or thinking about what somebody wants to say. You can use Word, can't you? And you can right click and try and think about another synonym just to help give variety and make it more interesting. Definitely. In terms of the way you're writing. Exactly. I use it all the time. When I'm mm. writing English, I use a thesaurus, maybe because I just can't think of the right words. It kind of jogs your memory, though, doesn't it, as well? It can mm. help your memory to it remember It leads you down things. a different path. You may reconsider what you've written just by, oh, actually, that word. But then again, I, I could rephrase the sentence before, and then I could use this. Because I always think there's a better option, isn't there? There's potentially a better option for most of the things that you write. Trying those new options, isn't it? Do you ever keep a journal? Because I think keeping a journal as well is quite a good idea. What type of journal? Like today I woke up and um, (laughs) scratched my head. Exciting life I lead. Published one day. (laughs) Your journal would be amazing. (laughs) I think if you're an English language learner, though, often if you're going overseas and you're maybe 
Do you mean a diary? What's the difference a journal well, and a diary? Well, that's okay. a good question. I mean, I suppose a journal is similar to a diary, isn't it? It's pretty much the same, I guess. And I guess you're so. documenting everyday things. I yeah. suppose if you're coming to London or you're having a brand new experience, then something like this could be interesting. If you're Gideon and you're just staying in Paris, then it's probably not really worthwhile. If you're doing a new thing, new language, you're always using the language every day, perhaps think about writing a journal every day and, and trying to include a new word every mm-hmm. time. Building your vocabulary. Yeah. Writing's a great way to do it. It is. Yeah. yeah. Also, you could think about developing practical vocabulary. You could imagine you having a problem in your house and thinking, oh, yes, what happens if there's a leak? I need to get a plumber. I don't know the language in English. I just don't know. So you could think about possible problems or situations that you could find yourself in and think, oh, wow, how would I explain my way out of that situation? Exactly. That's another interesting point you bring up, John. And I was thinking about when you think in your own language and when you think in a foreign language. And I would say for myself, I live in France, but although I live in France, 95% of the time I'm thinking in English, probably more than 95% of the time. The exception is that when I have to prepare something and I've got a conversation, a meeting coming up in French, and then I start Start thinking in French and how it's going to work out an important conversation. So maybe if you get into that mindset that you choose a topic and you go through it in your mind and you think about it in your mind in the foreign language, in English, of course, in this case, then that helps, doesn't it? It helps me. <laughs> we know what else. It helps me. I think so, because it's kind of like a mini role play, isn't it? So you're yeah. like putting yourself in that situation and thinking, ooh, what would I say in this kind of situation? And also, I think... You could maybe apply it to conversations you're having with friends. Maybe you want to discuss a certain topic with your friend or when you go along to your conversation group or something like that. And you're like, okay, um, I'm really interested in some parties being happening in British political circles and I want to talk Mm -hmm. about it. So you learn the relevant language connected to that and maybe write some kind of summary to help you remember things. Mm-hmm. I think that could be very useful. Absolutely. I agree. Monty is based in London and we offer individual lessons and conversation group classes in the centre by Tottenham Court Road. Come and join us. You can access the times and place to meet through Meetup at the following web address. So that's meetup.com forward slash Monty English conversation. See you there. So what kind of books do you usually read? Me? Yeah. You're assuming something there, John. That you read. (laughs) (laughs) Good point. I do. I used to read a lot, actually. Okay. I read now a lot online, which is very bad. Not bad to read online, but not to read so many books. And that's one of my resolutions for 2021 to read more books. And what do I read? I don't know. I used to like reading fiction, but now I'm reading more nonfiction. Biographies. No, I'm doing, I know it sounds a bit boring, but I'm doing business books. I've been reading a few recently and not necessarily a few works of fiction too. I think we always choose things we're comfortable and we enjoy and we like reading. You don't have to do it extensively, but I think it's always a good idea to diversify your reading in some way. That would mean 
covering other topics that maybe you wouldn't usually cover. So it could be like politics a little bit, philosophy, economics. I mean, maybe all of these things might be a little bit boring, but even if you just read one or two articles, it would definitely diversify your language, wouldn't it, in terms of vocabulary? Yes. I think I have a slightly different approach. Okay. Slightly different. Go on. I just think read things you enjoy and mm-hmm. read things that are a little bit too difficult, but not ridiculously difficult. Because I always think that if you read something which is too easy, you're not going to learn anything. And if you read something which is incredibly complex and way beyond your level, you're just going to give up. But if you're reading a subject you find interesting and the reading is a bit challenging, that's a sweet spot. That's when you get good stuff. You learn lots of things. Yeah, but that was a key thing that I think you said there. You've got to enjoy it. I mean, I guess there's not much point in reading about a subject you really hate, is there? Unless you want to... No. I don't think there are any subjects I hate. I mean, it depends how things are written as well. Yes, of course. If it's written in an interesting way, there are lots of articles and books I've read on subjects which I never imagined would be interesting and found it fascinating just because it's the way it's written, the way they tell a story. And yeah, it's possible to make anything sound interesting, almost anything. And it's possible to make anything sound boring until you met people like that in your life, people who can weave a story out of nothing, out of an insignificant incident and make it hilariously funny, very amusing. And other people who have a great story to tell and somehow kill it off. I have that experience with you. Well, the former or the latter? <laughs> I'll leave that up to you to decide. No, it's the former. <laughs> Definitely the former. Definitely okay. the former. Okay. <laughs> You're a ray of sunshine to my life. So yes, definitely mm. the former. You have witty and fun things to say about many things. Thank you. You're too kind. Diversify your reading list. That's one. Do word puzzles in newspapers or magazines. I think that's a great one. Okay. I used to do crosswords a bit when I was younger. Well, crosswords are good, aren't they? You know, you could buy the newspaper, you could read a few articles from the newspaper, but also do the crossword. Yeah, maybe. If you like that sort of thing. I don't think I can comment very much on it because I don't do it very much myself. I I do crosswords a bit. I used to. I think pre-internet, maybe. I think not many people sit down and do crosswords these days. But yeah, yeah, why not? I think also you can get those word search books, can't you? I always used to do that in Italy, get the word search books, and you had to find the words inside lots of letters together. That I used to find yeah. quite fun. Again, we have to agree to differ, John. I used to get those as exercises when I went to the class. Mm. I said, do this word thing in, was it French or something? Find the words. Because why? Why don't you just tell me what the word is? <laughs> Why do I have to go through this exercise of seeking the word? Tell me what it is and we can use it in a sentence. But it's good for memory, though, isn't it? Is and it? also it's a bit more interesting and fun, isn't it? Okay. All right. I'm not a big fan of these. Well, I'm going to have a sip of coffee then, John, okay. while you do your Sudoku. Don't <laughs> learn much English from Sudoku. Really. But this means you're not going to like my next one. Go on then. What Scrabble. Oh, yeah. No, I like Scrabble. Oh, great. You I like, like Scrabble. Scrabble. Oh, I'm a big fan of Scrabble, yeah. But I'm not sure how much vocabulary you're going to learn from Scrabble. Really? Well, Scrabble lasts, what, two hours, a game of Scrabble? And to be honest, you spend two hours reading, you probably learn a lot more than if you spent two hours playing Scrabble. But it's great fun, and you have a conversation at the same time. And I'm surely... to be so contrarian <laughs> today, John. <laughs> these guys, I, I don't know. 
I played Scrabble. I, I have even played with students once or, or twice, but that's more to build a kind of esprit de corps rather than learn new words, I think. But you can learn it from other people, can't you? If they put a big word down and you're like, oh, look, wow. For example, like quixotic. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Zeitgeist. Zeitgeist, there you go. Kumquat. Kumquat's a good one. Or anti-establishment Aryanism. You right? won't get any points though, because there's no Qs or Zs in it. And I'm sure good they point. go beyond the board. But when you think about it, quixotic is good. It's got Q and an X in it. That's very true. However, is it an important word? Is kumquat. So you learn the word kumquat. Great. So what word did you learn today when you're playing Scrabble? Well, I learned zeitgeist, kumquat, and quixotic. Okay, so maybe not Scrabble, wow. but there are two games. hours. Pictionaries. Pictionary. Two hours, and that's what you learned. You're spoiling my wow. point. You're spoiling my point. But maybe Pictionary. And all these short words, like Scrabble words, like Zo, Z-H-O. <laughs> oh, I'm going to use that in conversation, but what does it mean? I'm not really sure. I think some sort of Himalayan animal. What about yeah? What about Pictionary? Okay. Really, you've Pic- got a big vocabulary. Pictionary. No one knows these words. Pictionary. Huh? What about Pictionary? How are you learning words from Pictionary? Because you don't say the word, do you? So you're kind of using... Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's good. Because you actually have to use sentences and phrases to guess, don't you? You do, yes. Yeah. No, no, that's good. Yeah. Okay, so Gideon says Scrabble bad and Pictionary good. <laughs> there are a but few chess. <laughs> chess. That's <laughs> not going to help you learn, is it? You learn what a rook is and a oh, bishop. Fantastic. You're supposed porn. to be... I'm not going to invite you back on the show again. Well, you know, you expect me to agree with you all the time, <laughs> don't you? Do. That's what we I both... pay you for. Yeah, I have to wait for the check. But <laughs> we do the same job and we agree a lot of the time because we have the same issues with students and we're basically on the same path. But don't take it for granted that I'm going to... Agree with everything, just like that. Yeah, fine. Go on, carry on. <laughs> I've been looking for games now because I think I might do this with some of my students in conversation group. There is one called Word Smithery, which I'm going to try potentially. It's to focus on more difficult words. So... Okay, I can tell you that I do occasionally play a game in the class, which I quite like. <laughs> struggling to find a conversation topic. And these are story dice. Have you ever had them? Have you ever used those? No, what's that? They're dice. You have like nine dice and each one has a picture on it. And you throw the dice and however they fall, you have to make a story, a beginning, a middle and an end using mm. the pictures as a guide. And each yeah. person takes their turn to make a sort of chapter of the story to speak it, not write it. But mm, that's, that's nice. Fun. I yeah, like that. Yeah, I recommend yeah. that. Cool. I'll give that a go. Apparently, Osudoku. That's not going to help with vocabulary, though, is it? You learn the numbers. Really? <laughs> There's one that you can play between apps, like online. It's called Words with Friends. Yeah. And apparently, a lot of the celebrities are getting really into it, and it's really addictive. I might try that one. Okay. Anyway, if you like word games, then some are good, some are not, depending on your preference. Let's say that. You could make up your own vocabulary test. It's quite a good thing to do, isn't it? Why would you do that? Because some people like tests. You give your own test to yourself. Well, you could give it to your friend, right? I mean, maybe you could each do a test. Having a friend is good to do these things with, isn't it? Because you can have a bit of fun. And you say a number of assumptions there. 
But, uh, <laughs> so it's like this then. You meet your friend and say, hey, what should we do? Should we go to the restaurant? Should we go to the new Italian restaurant, Il Ragazzo Pazzo? And you say, no, no, no. I'm going to give you a vocabulary test. <laughs> oh. well, no, I want to go and get some pizza. No, no, no. Instead, this is what we're going to do this evening. You're going to lose all your friends, John. <laughs> the few that you have. The few remaining. Maybe you could go to Urgato Pazzo with your friend while giving them the vocabulary test. So while you're waiting, they can do that. But why would you give a vocabulary test to your friend? Because it's fun. Okay, we move in different circles. <laughs> I mean, I suppose it's just given a bit of a challenge. I mean, maybe that's not a good idea, but I think for some people that would be fun. And you could use college preparation tests as well. Yeah, it must be a bundle of laughs around John's place. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's yeah. true. Okay. They're just ideas. I mean, some people will say they're bad ideas. Well, they're not necessarily bad ideas. It depends what you take from it, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. yeah. I'm thinking they could work. Okay. Give me some of your amazing ideas then if you're so special. Well, that's not fair. It's your podcast. <laughs> you're expecting me to take input. Yeah, I'm just here to drink coffee and make sarcastic remarks. That's my role. It's my role in life. I think I've already given you my top tips. Important to write even emails and challenge yourself, write new vocabulary that you haven't used before, use addictive synonyms. All the things we've discussed are very good. Yeah, definitely. They come out of your comfort zone when you're writing and do write. You can even use Google Translate. I don't know what you think about that. It's okay to use Google Translate before you send off your email. Go through it and check it because it's not always correct, Google Translate. Check yeah. it. Improve the vocabulary, improve the words, add an idiom. I would probably use word reference rather than Google Translate, but I suppose it depends on what you're doing. I mean, obviously, if you want to... Yeah, 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 fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with using word reference or... Google Translate. Also, some phrases consider when you're writing a phrase in English, if it's a complicated phrase, and you can always Google it in quotes to see if other native speakers, other writers have used it before. And if you get 21,000 hits, then it's probably a good phrase. Mm, if it's never true. been used before, then probably it's not correct. That type of thing I use. When I'm writing in French, I check, is that right? Oh, let's see how many people have used it. Okay, yeah, that's quite good, isn't it? Yeah, so you've got link, but I think uh, you have to be just active. Don't be lazy when you're writing. Just be active and try and improve each time. And same with reading. It's just the same advice as before. Read things you like, but a little bit challenging. Yeah, bit of variety. Bit of variety. And also in speaking, I like to do this, is just when you've learnt new words, use them. Even if the conversation is completely artificial, like the word hankering, you learn the word you're hankering to strongly desire. You meet your friend at uh, Il Regazzo Pazzo and you say, I'm hankering for a Hawaiian pizza. So you use the word in conversations. Of course, that's the best way to get it fixed in your memory, your muscle memory. What's included on the Hawaiian pizza? Well, you know, well, the Italians always have a pineapple on pizza, don't they? Right. We're going to have lots of abusive comments from Italians now. <laughs> Okay. All yeah. right. Is that, is that not good? <laughs> a fried egg and pineapple Oh, on a pizza? Oh, they're going to destroy us. Pineapple is a big problem. One last one. We're probably up to 11, maybe. Okay. I see what you think about this one. Take a writing course. Yeah, sure. That could work. Yeah, yeah. Specific to essay writing or creative writing. If you did that, 
think it would be a really big challenge if it's not in your language, right? But do it obviously yeah, yeah. in the native language. And I think you'd find it really tough, but I think it would be very be really interesting. And maybe you work with other people as well and you discover new paths together. Yeah. Mm. New ways yeah, good, of expression. Good way of making some friends who are interested in writing as well. I think so. The writing course, you're not just going to learn a vocabulary, of course. You could learn and the storytelling and lots of other things that I can't think of right now. But <laughs> <laughs> New adjectives, things like that. That's it. I think that's everything. Do you want okay. to tell everybody about you? You've kind of already have, but you may as well do it again. Well, I've already mentioned my podcast, I Got Banana. Check it out. John's a regular guest. And also my YouTube channel, Let Them Talk TV. John's on quite a few of the recent videos there. So you can see his lovely face as well as hearing his lovely voice. Indeed. But people should be aware that Gideon's one of the worst teachers. Oh, yes. Yes, that was the last video I made. It's called The Worst Teacher in the World. And it was actually me. That's... I'm actually a mean, nasty person. It's terrible. That's why your business is not going as well as it could be. You need to... I should buck up your sing ideas. my praises a little more, shouldn't I? I? should do a contrasting one saying the best teacher ever. Might yeah. be a bit boring, though. Yeah, that's the thing. It's not very interesting to read the thing say, this is the best, but this is the worst. And it picks your curiosity, isn't it? It does. Yeah, it's very so. true. Thank you very much for joining me. It's always a pleasure. We'll be playing a game of Scrabble next time. By the yeah. it. I do love Scrabble. I love playing it. I'm just sort of saying how many useful words you're going to learn from it. That's my only doubt. Fair enough. It's good to yeah. have a critique on that, though. I think yeah. that's nice to make the listeners think about it. Think about what word games there are. Yeah. Thanks for joining me, Gideon. Have a very, very good day. I hope you're not bombarded by drilling or anything in your flat. <laughs> yeah, my neighbours have been drilling all day. It's giving me a headache. Doing some renovation there. Let's hope they're not doing that for much longer. Thanks, listeners. You've been listening to English with Monty. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave me a donation online via our website. Monty is a small independent company and I do all the editing myself. I would suggest £2.50 to buy me a coffee or £5 for a beer. MontyEnglish.co.uk Then just click on the podcast button at the top. You can donate here. Thank you. I appreciate it.